just goes back to that minimal effective dosing because my whole philosophy behind strength coming into this was it's supplemental for me. I'm not going out. Strength is not necessarily going to trump swim, bike, run in, you know, if I only focused on strength. We won't necessarily make me a better endurance athlete, but in the right capacity and supplemental to the swim, bike, run, it makes me such a better triathlete and more robust. Welcome to the Run Form Podcast. I'm Bobby McGee, running mechanics expert. And I'm Matt Pandola, your run-specific strength coach. Matt and I have been working together for almost a decade on some of the top athletes in the world, and we've decided to share that process with you guys. Hey, welcome everyone to the Run Form Podcast. Today, I am talking with Ben Canute all about his base strength training. This is a part of our Base Strength podcast series, and well, no better person to talk to about Base Strength than Ben Knute, because Ben, you've been with me for three three years to the day almost, I think. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, and it has been pretty much right. We started right about this time back in 2020, so yeah, it's been a fun journey. It has, it really has, and I mean, I'm going to assume that everybody knows who the great Ben Canute is, but regardless, I'm going to give you just a moment to talk about your storied career and giving people a little bit of perspective about where you were, where you got to, and then why we started working together on your base strength all those years ago. Yeah, I mean, I could bore you with my same story of starting as a kid going through the USAT system, going to the Olympics, going to long course, but that's all boring stuff. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's I think it's more interesting to talk about the strength journey overall since this is the base strength uh, portion of your your podcast and for me, you know, the triathlon journey just it's all kind of natural flowing like that's the main focus, but strength is always this peripheral thing that people want to do know is good but just gets tossed to the side every time because you're lifting heavy or you're not lifting enough or it's just the same old same old and i mean even back on the kids team when we were doing it we would do some form of dry land and swimming some form of you know maybe yoga or mobility but there's never anybody super consistent you know maybe it was a parent who had some experience or a coach that you know was starting to learn about it but just nothing specific enough and went from that you know in high school you start lifting heavy in the weight room with swimming and cross country they started to figure out that hey lifting could be good for running and from there I've kind of done a little bit of everything versus you know the heavy lifting in the weight room with the leg press squats um threw bench press away pretty soon after I stopped swimming competitively um but we were doing all sorts of, of different things. And I can tell you some of the strength programs would do, I was telling you the other day, like 400 meters of in an indoor track of lunges, walking lunges with dumbbells and went from that to something a little bit less aggressive, but through a physical therapy office and, you know, some specific triathlon related exercises, but the same sort of stuff that they would pull and put on a sheet and print for you. And we found each other kind of right at that perfect time where I wasn't going into an office anymore because it was during COVID and 
needed, wanted that strength, but didn't really know what I was doing. I actually think I was piecing together my own strength workout just from different stuff I'd done in the past. And Bobby introduced us and gave you uh, a really good kind of glowing recommendation and was like, all right, like, yeah, I'll try this. Sounds great. And we met and really liked a lot of the assessment and what we did and bought into the protocol. And, you know, you fast forward six months of us working together and I'm at my bike fitters and he's going, I've never seen you look so terrible on a bike because I ran out of space. Like that was more, it was a compliment because it's not that I looked worse. It was that I could get so much more arrow and needed more room between my seat and my cockpit because we work so much on thoracic mobility. I love it. I love that story. You've uh, talked to me about that in the past where I've now shared that with other athletes, even knowing that they probably should be looking at another bike fitting after they've done the training for a few months, maybe. Right. And there's a couple things that I want to unpack there. What you just said, first of all, you, you had a really storied past and you had some gym aids to you when it came to the strength work. It wasn't like you were a newbie, but I like to say that, uh, there's no courage in defeated mechanics. You know, that's just a quote long, long time ago that we kind of discussed at a camp. And I've been really relating to that quote ever since, because when athletes are talking to me about, well, what's, you know, the best training for a triathlete, right? What, what should I be doing for swim, bike, run? And they want to get to really specific movements, right? And that's specialized physical preparation type of stuff. And I'm always thinking, well, well, let's, let's, we still got to roll it back here a little bit. What is our mobility like right now? What is our motor control? What is our gym age with general physical preparation? Okay. And then we can start to really look at even more and more specificity as we go along. So starting the first part of your journey, I think back when you were part of a group where you were, you guys were really coming up the ranks together. I did work with uh, Kevin McDowell, who also was a guy that, uh, competed with you and kind of came up with you through those years in the systems. And uh, I like to bring that up only because we have different approaches sometimes for athletes when we get to a certain point where we realize we're really needing to now specialize. But that first part of the journey, it is looking at movement improvement, right? And, and those same things you did three years ago are what's available on our website, we actually offer it free for people because I know it works and I know it'll help people. And I know that that's really what you got to get started with. So your first 10 days, you just did movement improvement, right? Yeah. And that's what's kind of funny too, is you say that that's very general. It felt very specific to me because you looked at what I was doing. We did it more for running because that's what Bobby was trying to help me with is my run form. And so all of that was based around better movement while running at speed, which just translated into the bike super well. And I think it was with your assessment and everything, you say it's very general, which maybe it's general strength and movement principles, but it starts to narrow into the specific athlete because of their weaknesses and where they need to improve. And then it just keeps getting more and more specific which is what, you know, the past few days we've been working here and been thinking a lot about like what we do, your background and everything. And it's, yeah, I haven't found, we were talking about the right phrasing and everything, but it's like, 
you have all of this information, all of this strength background, but you've done a really good job at funneling it in to the endurance world and what strength is supposed to be like for an endurance athlete because you know we're not lifting for our job. It's to supplement our job. And that's even what we were talking about in your gym the other night is we may be lifting heavy, but I'm not going to be doing, you know, back squats because the risk, it's not my job to do back squats. There's much better ways to get strong in the gym versus just those traditional heavy lifts. Yeah, no. And there's, it reminds me of our meeting with John Hodges over at Nevada Physical Therapy. That's the first thing we did when you arrived here. I've been working with John for He's about a decade now. He's a physio that I use, and I do believe he's one of the best in the world at what he does. But you say this movement improvement is very specific, and you're absolutely right. In other words, to get the most out of even your base work, that generalized physical preparation, I want to be clear that that is the term that we use because we want to, we need to make sure we are getting stronger, right, from those more important aspects of developing, you know, your tissue tolerance, your ability to be able to coordinate and control with stability, um, reducing unwanted or excessive motion, and even restoring some capacities like, let's say, in the ankle. So with movement improvement, it does come very specific because you'll take these tests and you'll realize, oh, it's in my case, it might be my left ankle where I have a bit of a block. I have some restriction. So that tells me out of all these movements I could be doing, now the ankle is a priority for me. Okay, so I'm going to do that. Now when I go to work on squat patterns, I'm going to get so much more out of it. So it specializes the generalized training right yeah. from the start, which it did for you and certainly did for uh, Kevin as well with the last Olympics. But what I really want to focus on is what happened after that because Really that first year, I feel like we just really had to go through a lot of the relative strength work that I kind of refer to it as, and it wasn't anything too fancy. And in fact, that's obviously what our base strength is all about. You now have these standards after three years of working with me that even detrained, we have a different standardized testing system where we know that your numbers are now gold standard. Even detrained, you have gold standards. In other words, very robust and holding on to what we want to see for relative strength. Okay. So at that point, now we can start to look at even more advanced progressions or progressive overloads, okay, with your lifting patterns. So with base strength, we want to develop those connections. We want to give that athlete the ability to understand the movement archetypes, the patterns to gain confidence and control in those movements. I like to say, and going back that there's no courage in defeated mechanics. That's what I look at. There is now when we do movement patterns, what's so cool to me is that I don't have to really say much to you. You know how to recruit, you know how to create tension. You have great you know, muscle connection, mind to muscle control. Those engrams with you are very, very in tune. So even when we do now more specialized work that can be considered pretty advanced, even in that first set, you're figuring it out because you have those connections in check, right? 
So I'd like to ask you next though, and I think people important to to realize that with your programming, I've always said, you know, Ben leaves his ego at the door. And when you were going through this last three-year process, people listening and saying, well, okay, this is, you know, one of the best in the world at what he does. We're going to talk a little bit about your, your real goals for this year coming up. But essentially, I'd like people to know what you think about them getting into a process like this. Are they going to get too bulky, Ben? Are they going to put on uh, maybe muscle that they can't really use work against them? Are they really going to be able to prevent injuries in your opinion? You know, how does this really work for you, especially in your first year doing the program? Right. Um, God, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, I'm, think, I'm good at that. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, it's doing, because even going back to when we started, like it just, it sparked all of those memories of starting. Like you just taught me how to breathe and stack better overall. And, you know, we're all the way, you know, three years ahead, we're starting to lift heavy and the stack uh, is just so important because when you put heavy weight on your shoulders, you don't want to injure your back and you don't want to go too heavy too soon. And it's, it's just goes back to that minimal effective dosing because my whole philosophy behind strength coming into this was it's supplemental for me. I'm not going out. Strength is not necessarily going to trump swim, bike, run in, you know, if I only focused on strength, we won't necessarily make me a better endurance athlete, but in the right capacity and supplemental to the swim, bike, run, it makes me such a better triathlete and more robust. And you were explaining last night why we're able to lift heavy because we spent the time. I learned how to move and how to stack and how to do it correctly, started to do a little bit more of the, the base strength and was able to get those reps up to the point where we just aren't getting as much out of the 12 to 15 rep range. And we would have to do 30 reps to recruit all of the muscle fibers. And what I found really cool is when you explain all that, like that's all we're like, that's like what we're trying to do is we're just trying to recruit as much muscle fibers as possible without detrimental effects to swim, bike, run. So that's why we're lifting heavy now is because I can't do that as well in that high rep range. And so we're going to go down to like two reps a set spread out over the whole workout, maybe 10 times or five times or however many times we're doing two reps. And you think about that and I'm like, well, lifting heavy is hard, but two reps, like, I, I mean, I could do two reps all day. Like that's not that bad. And I'm recruiting more muscle fibers, but like even today, there might be a touch of soreness with the new movements but I could go out, swim, bike, run, and not be hindered in any of my workouts. And that's what the whole first year was about too, is what's the maximal effect we could get without being super sore, taking away like it was when I was lifting super heavy. And I think that was the best part. And when you get stronger and you just get more of those like fiber connections, it helps protect you from other injuries. And specifically when I'm going into Ironman, there's so much, there's a ton of endurance training you have to do metabolically and that sort of thing to be prepared to race an Ironman. But when you come to the end of the marathon, like there's so much strength that goes into just holding yourself together. And honestly, I think that's probably the most soreness or pain I felt at one time at the end of that marathon in Roth and still being able to move forward and have my form be held together because I put in that base strength. And 
honestly, that's, you could almost sum up like the moving well um, and the base strength is just being able to hold your form in the swim, bike, and run for a much longer period of time. So you're more efficient over your entire race, which is going to save you energy, which is going to make you faster. So that's where the whole, you got to put in the training on the swim, bike, run, but you leave that 30 to 40 minute period, you know, a few times a week for the, the strength work. And then, you know, you're getting that extra, whatever, 10%, 20% from the swim, bike, run, and it's not, you know, taking away from it. Yeah, no, perfect. And couple things that we found your trip here, I do want to highlight that working with you, Ben, is always a joy and it's always an experience for me as well, where I'm learning so much. And quite honestly, that's been a true pleasure in having a three-year journey with you already, because I have selfishly now uh, just a wonderful case study that I can use for other athletes, right, that are trying to improve. And what we found sometimes, for example, guys, is it's not always been perfect. And there's sometimes where I've had programmed things with you where I have said to you, you know, I would do that a little differently now and best intentions. But I saw that that maybe wasn't the best service for what we wanted to do. And so we kind of uh, learned that together by really communicating, coming up with these uh, processes for success. And you know, I like people to know that when we do put something into a program, that it is something that's tried and true. You're one of the people that I get to do that with and, and understand that about. And of course, I work with uh, some age groupers, not just like you and Chelsea, but some other people that also give me that data for different age groups and perspectives, even female versus male, things like that. But ultimately, what I look at is okay, this progression served. 95% of the results we're really getting to. Because I do want to say with somebody of your level, I I get one of two emails. One, I get another pro that really wants to do what you're doing. And with all due respect, that's always a huge compliment, but I've made it well known. I will not train your competition. I will not train Chelsea's competition. Um, those Those athletes can certainly find trainers that will serve them best, I'm sure. But what I want to look at is how can what we're doing, how can it help the age groupers out there with a performance mindset, right? That's what I'm really um, wanting to give back with these experiences with guys like yourself and and athletes that really give me a long-term perspective. So I really love that we've worked together as long as we've had, but you always give me that communication and that's what's really separated you in my mind from you know a lot of the other athletes where it is a team. It is an experience and it is not just one-sided. I'm not just telling you what you need to do regardless and then just check in on a spreadsheet once every month and say, okay, that looks good. I'll create another progression. It's three days a week usually we're working together and discussing those processes together. Yeah. And I think it is, that's an important part. And you know, for a professional, like we're looking for those 1% gains, like super small. And it takes that extra level of commitment beyond maybe just following the base strength where we have to work back and forth and really navigate a lot of, cause like I said, I can train 30 hours a week and then I'm fitting in strength and recovery and everything on top of it. And 
that's where we even talked about it's the minimal effective dosing. And that's where, where can I get the most bang for my buck? And strength training is all about that with what we're doing because we wanted to help, but if it starts taking away from different things and it's not, we're not, you know, getting a lot out of it, then we wouldn't be doing it. And so that's where your attention to detail and the specificity and just our constant communication to go back and forth has really helped because one, in talking with you, I just know how much knowledge you have so I can trust you to just do it. But then it's the same communication I have with Jim where I can go and tell him, hey, I see my schedule. This is how I've done. This is how I'm feeling. We might need to tweak a couple things. And he gives his feedback and it's this conversation to make the best plan possible for me. And that's the same level that we take strength at. It's just, you know, instead of putting on a bunch of fatigue, we're going to, you know, minimize that fatigue, but maximize the gains. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. your new slogan, minimize fatigue, maximize gains. Because and it's so well said. And of course you would say it, right? Because you live it. And mm-hmm. that is such a big part of the perspective that I want to give here. Uh, base strength to me, it takes a front seat, especially in the first few weeks. All right. And it's generally done in a period of time when you have less volume and you're able to get in a little bit more time uh, to recover. But when I say that also more of your calories will go towards building muscle strength and, and tissue, right? And then of course, as you are progressing in base strength, the second month we do get into some of that more intensive type of work and we're finally adding more speed to the whole thing, right? And it really sets you up well for the season. But the difference to me between a professional like yourself and most people that are listening and wanting or interested in maybe doing something like this is that I think that with you, we have this sort of maybe six to eight week block, maybe 10 weeks if we're really lucky. And over time, we've been able to do that where we can condense this a little bit more, get it, get that in, that progression in. And I say condense it because of the experience you have. The more you guys do this, the more of a gym age you have, the more engrams, more muscle memory, the more you're able to sort of progress a little bit um, quicker, right? Than if you're first starting it out and you're new to it all. So, you know, we developed it so that you could be uh, newer to these type of things and then progress over a few months. But with an age grouper, they may have, say, a couple races a year that they're really focused on. They may be able to actually go to base strength. Uh, throughout the year, maybe even a few times in the year. I know some age groupers that have been able to do that. And, you know, others like yourself, we have to look at the season once it starts and you're competing and, okay, we have 10 days when you get back or we can get back to some base strength. So people have that question is, is base strength only one time a year? Well, really, I think we do go back to it in these blocks and we have learned in the past that if we get too far away from doing any base strength, sometimes with your racing schedule and your training schedule, it can be quite difficult to find that time where you do have the uh, a- the ability to invest in that, both with your energy and your calories and all of that. So we want to look at um, 
being able to main gain, I call it. <laughs> and the more that you've done this, the longer it kind of lasts for us, right? So that's the, I think the little difference is that we put in sort of micro doses in maybe 10 day blocks of base strength throughout the year for you once we've, uh, once we've established that base period. But we do always need at least one strong block of base work before your season really starts to pick up and your even training and volume picks up too much. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what's been really awesome too, is just the adaptability of everything to the schedule with where I'm racing, how I'm racing, everything from, like you said, the base building, the main gaining, the sharpening, it's all flowed really well with like the cycle and periodization that Jim uses as well. And, you know, I think strength is always something that does get kind of tossed to the side for a lot of athletes because age groupers in particular have a very busy schedule. Like I'm lucky where I can devote my whole week to training, racing, um, building out, you know, recovery and all that. And honestly, you know, doing this stuff is so beneficial and just allowing you to be able to swim, bike and run better. I would say it's worthwhile to take that time to, you know, take the 30 to 40 minutes that, you know, you don't have to replace swim, bike, run, but if you make that little bit of extra space, it's just, you're, you need to take the most you can with your time. And when you're working only out, like 10 to 15 hours is all you have to train, you want to put in as much quality in that swim, bike and run that you can. And then that strength is going to be even more beneficial because the strength you can't get on the bike by putting in hours and hours you can do in the gym. And same thing with the swimming and just all of that is that, you know, where I may be searching for a percent here or there, you can maybe get 10% or something because of, you know, the stimulus, it's different and it's just so much more beneficial. It's the same way as you know, the trainer is a lot harder than outside. And sometimes you can cut down on the time uh, when you're on the trainer on the bike because, you know, it's there's that 30% difference or something between riding the trainer and riding outside. And okay, well, I can justify, you know, two hours here instead of three hours outside. Well, you add in strength on top of that too. And all of a sudden, you know, that hour and a half ride on the trainer plus 30 minutes of strength is looking a lot more like three, three and a half hours with the benefits that you're getting. I love that. Um, when I look at volume in the capacity conversation, and I am working with some age groupers like uh, Ryan Peel has been on the podcast, when he really starts his base work, we look at taking about 30% of the volume he was doing, and we cut that, we cut that out, right? And we actually see that um, a lot of our age groupers actually go much, much faster in their goal races with even uh, 30% less volume. And so it actually doesn't take more time to do the strength training. It saves you time because you're getting more quality out of every every single step or cycle or revolution, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, finally, I would say that, sure, for somebody of your level, you, you're not going to take 30% off volume, but it's like you said, it is going to really help the more that you are looking at being sort of um, in that working dad, uh, you know, mom, uh, active lifestyles, but people who are giving so much of their day and themselves to 
their real priorities, right? Which are their kids and their families and things like that. You certainly are a phenomenal parent yourself. And I know you really prioritize family. So I just wanted to highlight that is that even with you, Ben, I'm sure that just even the little bit of time that strength training saves you, uh, you you really appreciate that. You can spend that time more with your family. I mean, we all have those needs, even even a professional like yourself. Yeah, of course. That's super important. And I mean, having that balance, balancing the stresses is all really, really important to do and be able to manage. And, you know, time is precious and you want to make the most of it. And I think just to, you know, even sum that up as we talked about strength and being able to, you know, maintain your form over an Ironman. And you probably don't get very many opportunities, especially as an age grouper, to know and practice form when you're that fatigued at the end of an Ironman or in the middle of the bike. And strength, I think, can help build that robustness to you don't have to practice at that extreme fatigue state when you're on the swim, bike, or run to you know work on it then when we all need to work on it, when we're extremely tired to get those muscles recruited. You're learning that as you're doing the strength work and you're going to be able to hold it longer and just know how to recruit and know how to, your body is, you know, able to respond to a lot of that and, you know, have better body awareness, even at the very simplest form is just having that proprioception and just knowing, you know, on the bike, if my, you know, hips are, are rotating the wrong way, or if on the run, my shoulders are like coming way in, or I'm standing way straight up, you just get your stack back. You just know how that is supposed to feel from working on it in that strength session. I'm smiling because I think you say what I'm thinking so much better than I do myself. I just, I love your perspective on these things and it's gold. And really my final thoughts on this is when I'm watching you do two to three reps now in the 2.0 version of this, right? And these, these 2.0 versions will, will have that out before you're at Kona. Um, but I have, really been proud of how well you've been able to connect the dots. And now I feel very safe in taking you two to three reps on even barbell on your back on that uh, single leg or Bulgarian or lunge type position where now you are producing a lot more force, certainly with more weight than you can handle with just your grip with a dumbbell. But you had to start with the dumbbell or a kettlebell and you had to you had to progress up to that. But you are exposing yourself now to really getting all those muscle fibers in just a few reps to really do their job and to experience that so that you can use them in that full spectrum when you really need it at Kona, right? So, you know, build up to that and you will be able to do the 2.0 version just like Ben over here. But also, I just want to finish with um, allowing you to really take us out with your main goal for this uh, this camp, what you just learned and why and how that's going to help you for Kona this year Why well, I gave away your main goal yeah. for the year. Yeah, I mean, that's no secret. Kona is the main goal to be Ironman world champion. Um, it's a great course, hard course uh, if you're in the triathlon world. And even if you aren't, it's probably one of the more famous races just from all of the history there. And that's kind of, you know, the focal point of the season with everything else leading up to that. So, this time coming out here, spending it, getting that first glimpse at lifting heavy and being able to learn that in person is setting the foundation 
through the off season, through the big base building period that we'll do to get all of that strength so that my base level of fitness and strength is that much higher. Cause like you said, even if we stop training, still have that really high level of fitness. And so that's something then to build on and build throughout the entire year. And so just like I'm doing that with Jim doing swim, bike, run, we're doing it in the gym to uh, be able to build that up. So got two gyms. I know. And <laughs> we, should, we should mention, uh, you know, Jim, as in Jim Vance is mm-hmm. your head coach. And uh, uh, I would say that the communication that I get to have with Jim in these blocks is also, um, you know, a, it's really helping to be part of a system where that communication is there and locked in and keyed in. So answering some of these customer service questions I'm getting, which are fantastic. The best I think experiences so far is when I have found that you are working and communicating really well with the coach with the strength programming you're doing. So I, I remind people to even uh, really make sure you're communicating that with your coach to get the best experience so the coach can even uh, say, hey, I'm going to make some adjustments because I realize this is really helping you. You know, your run, for example, got so much better. And that's really, I think, at the time what you needed. And now we're focused a little bit more on a couple other things. But you're actually looking at a guy who got faster with a couple or a few more pounds on you, right? Mm -hmm. It was really serving you to go faster. And I give Jim a lot of credit for realizing that, uh, geez, you know, we didn't really necessarily need to stay at a certain body weight to get faster. And that's that's good. And I think that's kind of, it's not old school, but it's a bit old school. Like maybe mathematically, you know, if you're X amount of pounds lighter, you can run a mile X, you know, seconds per mile faster. But there's that whole kind of diminishing gains as well. If you lose your power, you aren't going to be able to run or ride faster. And specifically for a long course too, you need to have, like, you don't need to be this super duper lean and borderline unhealthy body type that you're, you'll naturally get as lean as your body needs to with doing the amount of training and eating healthy and the muscle that you get. Um, that's kind of the cool thing about triathlon is there's no real specific body type for it. We've maybe projected other types of sports onto it, like the swimmer's body, the runner's body, the cyclist's body, but we're such a different sport across the board, having to be able to swim, bike and run that it's kind of, you know, it's, I've always said my strength is my strength. And specifically for Ironman, I think that's really come out because, you know, I've had coaches in the past tell me my quads are too big and I'll never run fast over the 10 K because I should be an 800 meter runner or something. And I'm not a good 800 meter runner by any means. So that's where I think too, it's just, you're not going to put on significant weight in the gym. And I do think as an athlete, your body just, uh, it changes and develops over the years. I mean, when I was at my lightest, it was maybe right out of college and maybe even as late as 2017 or so. But I mean, the pictures that I have, I just, my body type has changed to the needs that, you know, I need right now. And I think I'm a stronger and faster athlete than I was in 2017. Uh, when, you know, I was at my lightest or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, there's, I I don't foresee people's body types changing in a bad way in doing this stuff. Yeah. Consistency is so key in any sport, but 
your robustness in this sport and your ability to be so consistent. That's also what I really remind people of is uh, if you end up gaining a couple pounds in muscle tissue, but we're talking about tendon connections, we're talking about being able to now train more consistently because we're not dealing with as many injuries because we have put on the right tissue, the right muscle strength, right? So it's not about the size. It's not, it's about how relatively strong we are and how much we can express it in our skill set with good, robust, consistent movement, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, love it, Ben. Um, I'm going to let you go. We actually have to go to the airport. Uh, thank you for signing my board back here. Yeah, of course. I've, I've now got you and Chelsea on my, on my board and I'm going to let you guys know that Ben will be back in the future to talk more about how his 2.0 is going. We want to get you guys excited about working towards that 2.0, but try out our program today. We'd love it if you give it a try. Anybody you don't like the program, you let me know, money back guarantee, but I will tell you that you'll have it forever and you will use it forever. I even use these movements in the beginning of my base training every year. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah, man. As always, thanks for listening to the RunForm podcast. And as a reminder, we offer a totally free movement improvement assessment on our Pandola Project website. Here, you can get your own personalized protocol that will help your running today. So give that a try. Also, Bobby and I are experts on any question app where you can ask us, well, any question. So reach out to us directly there. Finally, if you learned anything new today, don't forget to share it with your compadres and leave us a quick review. That really helps us a lot. All the links you need are in the show notes below. Till next time, have a great run. Well, that was that was awesome. Yeah.